0: Hey everyone, it's Jasmine from Jasmine's Astrology, but you can call me Jay. And for today's episode, I'm going to chat about the astrology of August 20th through August 26th. But first things first, if you do enjoy these forecasts, please make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube or Spotify or your favorite MP3 player, wherever you're listening from past, future, present, whatever. It's all super helpful. It's all super free. And if you want to support my work further, you can check out my website, jasminesastrology.com, for consultations and other astrology offerings. How many of you know that by heart now? How many of you skip it? That's totally cool. I get it. Let's dive in. The last few days of Leo season are upon us. We will transition to Virgo season midweek. And I think I'm really going to miss Leo season. 2023 has not been the kindest year to me, but Leo season has certainly been a bright spot, mostly unsurprising with the sun being in its domicile and lighting up such an important house in my chart. So yeah, I'm going to miss this energy, though. I do wonder how much of that was because, you know, Leo season this year was so inextricably linked to the Venus retrograde, which I've also been enjoying so much. So I guess we'll see how that energy shifts and changes once the sun moves in to Virgo. This is also the week where Mercury stations retrograde, although, as I talked about in a previous episode, you might have been feeling some of this energy already Especially this past week when Mars was so close to Mercury making things a little spicy and dicey and prickly in terms of communication. However, Mercury is now getting some distance from Mars and through its retrograde we will actually be moving closer to that lovely trine aspect with Jupiter. So it does feel like a little bit of ease in that area, and we will dive even deeper into that in just a bit. But first, we will chat about the first major aspect of the week ahead, which is happening on August 22nd at 8.15 a.m., and it is Venus retrograde in Leo, square Jupiter in Taurus at 15 degrees. And this is the second in a series of three squares with Venus and Jupiter from these signs. The first was back on June 11th, and then we'll get the final one on September 17th when Jupiter is actually retrograde. Venus will be direct by then, but Jupiter will be retrograde. So This is an ongoing story of sorts, and it's definitely been part of the energy for this Venus retrograde overall. And actually 15 degrees is where Venus and Jupiter will meet again in September. But it's also the degree where Jupiter will station retrograde in just a couple of weeks. So this square is way more impactful and lasting than just your average Venus-Jupiter square that might have happened just the one time, you know, if it if it wasn't happening at around the same time that Venus was having its retrograde cycle and then Jupiter also about to begin its retrograde cycle. And this square is actually also happening right around the same time that Venus will once again be becoming visible in the sky. Venus is starting to get a good amount of distance from the sun, which increases its visibility and also its strength. As Venus becomes visible again, we know it's gone through a reset and a refresh, and it has its new intentions for the cycle ahead. And as we've discussed before, as Venus moves through this retrograde, it moves from its evening star phase to the morning star phase. And the morning star version of Venus is a more independent version of the planet. And so, when you mix that with this retrograde happening in Leo, the themes of self expression and self worth are really, really coming alive now. And so, it's even more auspicious and potent that this interaction with Jupiter should be happening around the same time because Jupiter is an amplifier in many ways. It tends to expand things. So, I think this marks a rather interesting moment in the Venus retrograde cycle. You know, all of these factors coming together. And creating a moment of like stepping back onto the scene with a lot of power, with a lot of confidence, with a better understanding of what our standards are and a better ability to be in relationship while also upholding those standards that we have for our individuality. However, Venus is still retrograde, so it's still in this process of reevaluating and reassessing. But this time it's coming at the square with a new perspective, a new lens to see things through. Now, in general, a Venus-Jupiter archetypal combo is very positive and uplifting. It's very generous and abundant, and it can be a little indulgent and a little over the top. It is kind of like a too much of a good thing type energy, especially when it's in that square configuration. I, I think Really, when it's in that square configuration or maybe in an opposition, that's when the too much of a good thing comes in. And so, this iteration might have us reconsidering who and what we share our abundance with. You know, like with whom are we our most generous selves and why? Where do we feel ease with offering support and is it needed there? Because sometimes with these two planets in a square, we do run into themes of. Crossing a line of sorts when it comes to generosity, like a grand gesture that doesn't have the grand impact we would have hoped for, because maybe the person or people we offered it to aren't actually available for that kind of thing at the moment. And we could be on the other end of that too. And so I think, you know, since this is the second pass and Venus is retrograde, it's a moment of like, Why do we want to give that grand gesture? Where is that desire coming from? Is it genuine? Is it really how we want to show up? If the people we offer it to aren't available for it, are they really our people or are we just missing the mark? Because I don't think the message is to not be generous, to not be supportive, but rather to make sure we're directing that abundance and that love towards the people and situations that will actually benefit from it and will actually receive it. So we might also be navigating a little bit of tension between individuality and relationships. Venus having taken on this more independent energy, this ability to better express the needs and desires of self, and currently transiting a sign ruled by the sun, which is very much about individual identity, but still being the planet of relationships and ruling over Jupiter in Taurus, giving Jupiter some connection to the realm of relational dynamics. This tension could manifest as like, well, I'd really like to do this for myself today, but I'd also really like to do this activity with friends or a partner. Both would be fun and meaningful, but I have to choose. And that could be a choice that fits within a larger context, as in like when faced with that choice, how often do you choose yourself? How often do you choose the other? What are you learning about the balance or imbalance between those choices? It definitely feels like an aspect of having to sort through something, but it's sorting through nice things like it's not a total drudgery. Now, on the same day, we have another aspect with a much different energy that might feel a little like drudgery because it's definitely nowhere near as positive, and that is Mars in Virgo opposing Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 26 degrees, and that'll be happening at 4.35 p.m., also on August 22nd. Now, this is a transit that you might have been feeling since around the 18th, and it is going to be in play all week. Uh, And I say that because it's from about the 18th to the 26th that Mars and Neptune are within three degrees of each other. And that's the most potent degree range for most transits, you know, with, of course, the exact hit, the perfection being the peak of it all. So all that to say that It's not wild to wonder if you'd been feeling this at the end of last week or if you feel a lingering effect towards the end of this week. Now, Mars Neptune combos are tricky. They can be very messy and uncomfortable. Mars is a planet of action and movement, whereas Neptune is very slow moving and much more spiritually driven. Sometimes these planets can come together and get us really motivated about imaginative, creative, and spiritual practices, it can make us feel really driven by our spiritual convictions. And other times, under more challenging configurations like the opposition, these planets are just working at cross-purposes, and it manifests as a kind of frustrated confusion. You know, we want to move forward. We want to do the thing. And Mars in Virgo has been doing its due diligence with research and planning. And then Neptune just kind of clouds and distorts everything. And we kind of lose the momentum. We lose sight of the path ahead. Our inner fire is dampened. Things just feel flat. It's not forever, of course, it's only a temporary muddling of things, but it's nevertheless frustrating. You know, some of you might remember that a Mars square Neptune aspect was a major signature for the Mars retrograde in Gemini last year. And I mention that because squares and oppositions have a lot in common in terms of the difficulty and tension inherent to those configurations. And honestly, I'm not looking forward to a return to that energy, but I have to remind myself that this is not ongoing in the way that those squares were. And, you know, Neptune can come in and offer a helpful nudge towards taking a rest, towards slowing down for just a little bit to make sure we don't move ahead before we're truly ready, before we have all the necessary details to get us there and the energy to burn. As much as Neptune can symbolize a haziness to things, it also serves as a reminder that we don't always have to be in a state of doing or striving. You know, we can be in a state of being and living. It's not always easy in this world, this society that we live in, but still very necessary and even healing at times. So, this aspect might actually help us to realize that. Because of any lack of focus or scattered energy we're experiencing, we weren't actually prepared for whatever it is that we're being derailed in. That as disappointing as it might be, and that is a feeling that can come with Neptune transits, disappointment, we're better off letting something sit for a bit or even just fully letting it go. Maybe it's a permission slip to stop pushing, to stop fighting so hard, because ultimately it's a waste of our energy. And I think it'll also be helpful to remember that anger isn't a bad thing necessarily, right? Like, it is just an emotion. We should be able to feel these emotions. We should definitely honor the times when we feel angry And acknowledge that we're having that feeling but then maybe dig a little bit deeper to figure out where it's coming from like what the actual root cause is and then figure out how we can maybe better direct whatever that pent-up energy is like yeah if we can move past that frustration and anger maybe we can see that whatever it is that's interfering with our progress or derailing our plans or making us feel overwhelmed and disorganized, maybe we can see all of that, all all of that anger, that frustration, that overwhelm as clues to something bigger, something that needs to be addressed and sorted through before we take further action on the thing that's getting delayed. So August 22nd is a bit of a tricky, sticky day, a lot of tension and discomfort, though it's certainly not the most classically challenging since we do have Venus and Jupiter in the mix and Jupiter is ruling over that Neptune in Pisces. So the two aspects are relating in some sense. You know, we might be stopped in our tracks in one area of life, the Virgo-Pisces axis, because we need to redirect our attention to another, the Leo-Taurus axis. But in general, it's definitely a day of moving slower and prioritizing reflection and rest rather than decision and action. Then on August 23rd at 5.05 a.m., the sun will enter Virgo and begin Virgo season, which this year runs from August 23rd until September 23rd. Virgo season is a transitionary period. We're not quite done with the current season. And by season in this context, I mean the season of summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. We're not quite done with that season, but we are beginning to see the signs of the one ahead of us. And this is the case with all mutable sign seasons. So, you know, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, they all take us from one season into the next. They all help us move from one state of being into the next. And Virgo helps us move from a period of abundance and growth into a period of harvest and composting. We are leaving the sustained and fixed energy of Leo season and heading into something a little more flexible, a little more movable. Virgo is mutable earth, and so our environments are in flux. We might find that our day-to-day is a lot more variable than it has been as we try to wrap up loose ends, but also dip our toes into new beginnings, or at least the idea of them. So allowing for flexibility in the schedule is always helpful during immutable science season. It's a really good time to work on our ability to adapt. Leo season is so outward and expressive and lit up, and Virgo season will have us not getting small, but bringing that energy inward a little bit. We're in the earth element now. And so our attention is a bit more focused on the body and its internal systems rather than the way we use our body in outward expression. We're getting a little more grounded and practical in Virgo season. And speaking of systems, Virgo energy is all about systems and organization and processes. It's a season of streamlining and increasing efficiency, it's a very productive energy but not simply for the sake of productivity. It's like, how can we make sure that everything is running at peak performance? The goal is not quantity, it's quality. It's making sure things are moving with the utmost efficiency so that no energy or resource is wasted. It can really be compared to the digestive system where, you know, food goes in, nutrients gets extracted for use throughout the body, and Any toxins or anything that isn't needed gets flushed away and gotten rid of because we don't need it. It's not going to help us run efficiently. And there is a wellness aspect to Virgo energy in that it encourages a relationship with the body and the systems that make the body go. And like ensuring that we are giving our bodies the components that it needs to run effectively and efficiently. And that's not just food. That's you know, physical exercise, that's mental health, that's all of the things. Virgo energy can also speak to being of service. So many Virgos I know are always down to help you with a project, help you get that to-do list tackled. They want to help in very practical ways, like they want us to make improvements that feel tangible. Virgo is ruled by Mercury, so it is a great season for technology and communication and for writing, but it's even better for editing. Again, going back to that idea of the digestive system where it's taking everything that's needed and getting rid of what's not. So editing, right? It's a great time for restructuring routines, for organizing closets and doing like a, an end of summer spring cleaning. You know, we can be really thorough and precise and meticulous with Virgo energy in the air. Which also means that we can get a little lost in the details. We can get a little preoccupied with perfectionism. We might be more nitpicky or critical than usual because we see the finer details. We see each little part of something. And in that way, it's easier to see faults and it's easier to view those faults as a problem because they are so visible. And even though Virgo is an earth sign, like I said, it's ruled by Mercury, which is a very heady and mental planet. So we can get a little stuck in the headspace during Virgo season. The key will be to come back to the body. And, you know, however you do that, you might go outside with your bare feet on the ground, you know, grounding yourself in some sort of way. Maybe you're taking deep breaths or maybe you're using your hands to cook or bake something or using your hands to draw or give a massage or whatever it might be, coming back to that embodied space can be just so helpful in those moments when we get just too stuck. And then when we do see those faults, maybe we can use them as a clue as to where changes need to be made, you know, maybe where we need to like reorganize a certain system. Because the little things are important, right? Like the smallest changes can make our day-to-days so much different. Now this year, the Sun in Virgo will be in opposition with Saturn in Pisces. So there will be an added weight, an added pressure that hasn't been part of Virgo seasons for, you know, about 30 years at this point. The Sun in opposition to Saturn can feel very restrictive and limiting. However, I also feel like this might be somewhat conducive to Sun and Virgo overall, maybe not on the day-to-day so much, like it's, it's a mutable sign, so every day is going to be a little bit different. But Virgo season does bring an energy of consolidating and focusing and pulling back when it comes to how we spend our time and energy and resources, and Sun opposite Saturn is the clarity The sometimes harsh reality check of where we need to do that pulling back, where we've maybe not had the best boundaries. So I think the energies might work well in that regard, though we may wind up pulling back too far in some regards. It's all chart dependent, of course. And we'll talk more about these specific themes when the sun uh, reaches that direct opposition with Saturn next week. And that's when these themes will be most notable for sure. But it's worth thinking about now since technically the sun will be in that sign-based opposition for the entirety of Virgo season. But for now, we'll turn our attention to later on the same day. So also on August 23rd at 4 p.m. Eastern, Mercury will station retrograde in Virgo at 21 degrees. This retrograde is happening from... 21 degrees to 8 degrees of Virgo, so if you have planets or angles between those degrees of Virgo, Gemini, Sagittarius, or Pisces, or if you have a Virgo or Gemini Ascendant, or if Mercury is your perfected planet, this retrograde will be the most potent for you. Mercury will be retrograde from August 23rd until September 15th, And those two days in particular, August 23rd and September 15th, will be the most uncomfortable, the most possibly frustrating in terms of momentum because the days when a planet is stationing retrograde or direct is when there is no movement at all. Once Mercury is fully retrograde, this will be when we can slow down, reflect, reassess, reconsider, reread, revise, redo it'll be a chance to revisit something and go back over the data and details to make sure there's a clear understanding before moving forward. Mercury retrogrades are typically not a great time for making big decisions or starting something new because we're in a state of revision and reconsideration. We maybe don't have total clarity on something or even all the necessary pieces to complete the puzzle. And sometimes we don't even realize that we don't have all of that information. It's like, we don't know what we don't know, you know? (laughs) However, as I spoke about when Mercury first moved into Virgo, this is the place of its domicile and exaltation, meaning Mercury is in excellent condition while in Virgo. This is its happiest place to be in the Zodiac, where it can be its most Mercury self. On top of that, The main aspect that's really influencing this retrograde is a trine with Jupiter. Mercury isn't really getting up to a whole lot while it's retrograde. It's only going to make two aspects during this time. The conjunction with the Sun, the Kazemi, which happens during every retrograde, and a trine with Jupiter, which will be the second in a series of three. And a trine with Jupiter is... It's hard to beat in terms of positivity. A trine is a super supportive aspect, and Jupiter is a super supportive planet. So, I'm really curious to see how much these factors will really soften the edges of the retrograde. You know, the fact that Mercury is in such great condition, it's getting this influence from Jupiter. I mean, maybe this is the retrograde where we actually see how retrogrades can bring such deep medicine, such gifts with their invitations to slow down and stop rushing through. Retrogrades can be second chances. So even though it can, and probably will, feel annoying to have to go back over something, to have to redo something you thought you'd finish with, it can also be such a relief to get the opportunity to improve something for the better, to be afforded the time to have that closer look. And it's important to remember that A Mercury retrograde doesn't, like, take over your entire life. Sometimes, yes, it totally can. But sometimes it's really specific to the area of the chart that it's happening in. So in this case, your Virgo house. So what topics and relationships are ruled by Virgo for you? Because this is more than likely where you're having to revise and redo. And to help narrow that down even further, you're probably revisiting things like projects, conversations, paperwork, etc. that started around August 3rd, as that's when Mercury first hit that eight degree mark, which is where it will be traveling back to throughout this retrograde. So yeah, we might find ourselves repeating things, but maybe we didn't explain ourselves fully the first time and now we get this chance to make sure we're being properly heard. Although misunderstandings are usually a part of Mercury retrograde, but that's where the gift of the second chance comes in as well, right? Like we get this chance to really reflect on our communication style and our thought processes and figure out where they need a little tweaking or adjusting so that we can just move ahead with that much more clarity. And then finally, for this week, on August 24th at 8.25 p.m., Mars in Virgo will try and Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 28 degrees. So this is another Mars activation. Uh, In the first episode for August, I talked about how busy Mars was during this month. And this is definitely the most active period. And if you just look at the week of August 22nd to 27th, There are three Mars activations, the third of which we will talk about next week, but for now, we've got Mars-Pluto to tackle. So not the easiest planets by any means, but coming together under a very supportive and even auspicious aspect. And Mars-Pluto combinations tend to be about progress in some ways. We can get really focused and a little obsessed about something with this combo, but in a way that helps us to make decisions and get things done. And sometimes it looks like putting a lot of energy into some kind of big project or responsibility. So, you know, doing the actual work. It's a very strategic and specific energy. We are better able to stick to a plan of action because we're so focused in. There's a real follow through energy. And part of that is because we feel a kind of assertiveness about our power, our abilities. Mars can be a real courage booster, and Pluto symbolizes power. Now, interestingly enough, there's a lot of retrograde energy here. Pluto itself is retrograde, but Pluto's ruler while in Capricorn, Saturn, is also currently retrograde. And Mars's ruler while in Virgo, Mercury, has also just sta- stationed retrograde. So I do wonder how much of these themes will be surrounding things we'd maybe thought we were fully done with or that maybe have some kind of echo to something we've done before. Like maybe it's a case of, oh, this is a similar situation to that thing we navigated in the past. So we kind of have this sense for what to focus on and what direction to take. Maybe it's a renewal of some kind of self-assurance around a particular topic All this restructuring and revising energy from all the retrograde cycles happening is serving as a reminder of what you're really capable of. And then because of that reminder, we're back in the zone, back in that laser-like focus where we can get so much accomplished. It might feel somewhat confronting though, like even while it's empowering, it's a lot. It's intense. Both Mars and Pluto are intense energies. And Pluto tends to dig things up from real deep down, so we might be learning something about our ambitions or motivations that we didn't know were a thing, and they might just be a little like, wow, at first, like, huh, I didn't know I had this in me, or I didn't realize this past situation had been fueling me in this way. My guess is that it's going to feel mostly empowering and helpful in terms of getting something moving, especially after the Mars opposition with Neptune earlier in the week where we probably weren't feeling super motivated or fired up. Okay, that's what I've got for you this time around. Let me know in the comments if you have any questions about this week's forecast. I would love to hear how Leo season was for you how the second half of this Venus retrograde is going and or, you know, where the sun will be warming things up in your chart during Virgo season. So make sure to drop a comment below if you're listening on YouTube or send me a DM over on Instagram at Jasmine's Astrology. Thank you all so much for being here. And until next week, I'll catch you on the cosmos.